Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I don't know which I get more excited about, like waking up every day, 4 o'clock in the morning and kind of perusing the, the news. But again, I'm watching the news 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night before I go to bed, just so I have a feel on the news. During the day, I'm focused a little bit more on research and getting some hardcore data infused into me so that I can start using that when I see the news out there. And then you get into individual company issues where you try to think bigger picture. That's not necessarily on a day-by-day basis, but you get the idea this is something that kind of keeps you young as far as jobs go. I'm not digging ditches. Elon Musk, what is wrong with him? He lashes out, something is broken with the SEC. Don't you wish you kind of talk like that? Um, when you're picking a fight with the SEC, it just seems like you're focused on the wrong area. No matter how it cuts it, slices it, or dices it, it just feels like it's the wrong area. Tesla CEO Elon Musk lashed out. Um, yesterday, essentially what happened was the SEC asked a judge for an injunction against Musk for violating terms of the settlement. Where, again, he was tweeting that he's now supposed to clear all tweets with his board before he tweets. And in this case, it seemed a little bit on the innocent side. So maybe you could see Musk's point. He said Tesla would make around 500,000 vehicles in 2019, but he revised that tweet hours later. In his last guidance uh, from the company, he had to come back and say, meant to say annualized production rate at the end of 2019, probably around 500,000, i.e. 10,000 cars a week. Um, That's not exactly... (laughs) Um, the truth, like the deliveries are going to be closer to 400,000. And again, it is what it is. We don't have to, you know, get too caught up in it. Other than to tell you, Musk still has issues with the SEC. They could remove him from being a chairman or not a chairman. He's no longer chairman from being a CEO. They can pull him out. It doesn't seem like this is that important of an issue, but they could do it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Home prices in the United States rose by the least in four years. It's funny because I've got some property on the East Coast, West Coast, Pacific Northwest. I don't have that much property. I mean, it's, I do have that much, but I don't like. I'm not bragging or anything like that. Because um, it kind of ends right about there. Home price. Well, actually, I guess that's not totally true. Home prices in the United States rose at the slowest pace in four years. Something happened last year. The interest rates uh, boom, boom, boomed. Went from record, record lows to pretty darn low. But that was enough of a move to squash gains. It's the smallest gain since 2012, which if you probably remember, um, was coming off out of weakness. Home prices, uh, this is a 20 list index. So this is important to note. It's probably the most reliable index because it, it looks at same homes, not just medians. Um, and then you're going to obviously go market by market, right? I own a place in Raleigh, North Carolina that's growing probably about 4 or 5% a year, which is 
better than I expected, better than I want, better than I need, but I'll take it, right? Um, Raleigh's going to be a very different market than Seattle. And if Amazon decides to cut jobs, Seattle's going to be a different job. And if Amazon decides to hire jobs, it's going to be a different job. What a nothing city that got blessed by Microsoft, Nike, and uh, Amazon to say, we think you're kind of cool. So the seasonally adjusted 20 city index gained two-tenths of 1% from the prior month. So not only year over year is it weaker, but month to month it's weaker. What is the trend? Slowing. Does it mean that we go into a, a free fall? Nope. Vegas was up 11% year over year. Who wants to live in Vegas? Have you ever been to Vegas and you fly in? Desert to the left of us. Desert to the right of us. Here I am stuck in the middle of a desert. But you also saw 8% gains in Phoenix, Seattle, and Portland. Woo! Um, San Diego and Washington, under 3%. Prices in San Diego, San Francisco, and Seattle fell from the prior month. That's kind of, I'm not going to say damning. Okay, I'm going to say damning. That's damning evidence. You must convict this, this, this real estate market as negative. Maybe not. Recently saw Apple. Um, it's starting to, people are starting to talk about Apple and what they should do because Samsung has kind of released their Galaxy S10 and shown us what's out there. But they've also released a watch and shown us what's out there. And a lot of people are saying, well, this is what Apple should copy. And this is what should Apple should copy. Um, one of the things the phone has is called wireless power share for the Samsung, which is actually pretty cool. So you can charge your headphones or a watch, or another phone by holding it to the back of the Galaxy S10 if it's got wireless charging. Now, Ming-Ku at Apple, not at Apple, but she's an Apple analyst, she's saying Apple will add these features in future iPhones. So I've got a brick, what's called a power brick, I think, that I can charge my phones when they get like super low and when you have kids and iPads and stuff like that and boogers everywhere, you, you bring a power brick. So in case there's not an outlet, people don't cry and die. Now you'd bring an extra phone, maybe. Um, And if it's wireless, you kind of get the idea. Um, But anyway, that shows you where Apple might be at this point in time when you're copying features from others. Right? This morning was a little bit more negative because yesterday Trump said, I love you, China. We're going to work out a trade deal. We're going to extend these tariffs, and it's going to happen. We're on like Donkey Kong. Today, we say not so much. But still, the market went positive. It went negative on the not-so-much things are going on with China. And again, it's just, it's, it's damning. You get here and you do the best you can, and, and, you know, it's Trump tweet something. I'm not knocking Trump. I'm just telling you, it makes my job difficult because he's very, uh, I would say, reactionary. So consumer confidence came out this morning. It was better than expected. And because it was better than expected, people are saying, well, maybe everything's better than we expected it to be. Um, maybe the economy's better and maybe we should just go spend money. And people start speculating. If this and butts were candy and nuts, so what a party would have. But consumer confidence turns the market positive. Wow, man. Wow, man. Cuckoo, cuckoo, man. Um, there's rumors Michael Cohen is reportedly expected to tell Congress on Wednesday that Trump broke the law while in office. So I will tell you this, everything that you know to believe, it could all go out the window tomorrow. Depending on how this testimony goes, you could be like, you could look at your mother and go, that's the sweetest mother in the world. And then tomorrow it could be, she's evil. She's a vampire. She must go. Um, Because that's how Wall Street might react. We don't know. And again, you know, Wall Street strategists will get together later this afternoon and tell their brokers, hey, rubble, rubble, rubble. We need to come up with a plan just in case things get out of hand. Rubble, rubble, rubble. Get ready to call your clients, and some people will call their clients. Jerome Powell, 
He's in front of Congress today, and he's saying, prepare for headwinds as the Fed is prepared to adjust on balance sheet unwind. Lots going on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking money, 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 investing, and more. I know tech stocks are something that people look at and they go, ooh. And they go, ah, and they want to touch it. Ooh, ah, can I touch it? I don't know what that means, but it sounds funny. Technology was one of the last sectors to be hit in 2018. As the year kind of turned dark towards the end of it, and the fourth quarter had a tech sell-off. I don't know if you've ever seen movies where, like, a little monkey will pick up a stick and start hitting a bad guy. I always love those. I love it when the evil monkey goes takes down the evil dictator for making him sit on his shoulder for years. And that monkey can swat a stick, right? That's what happened to tech stocks last year. Good monkey. Good monkey. So there's an ETF out there, which is a collection of stocks. In this case, it's a technology select sector ETF. And its ticker symbol is XLK. It's up 14.8% this year. Now, the S&P 500 is up 12.9%. But you know what? I don't feel rich because... Everything was so bad at the end of December, and I felt like that monkey hit me with a stick. So psychologically, I know you're saying, you're the evil dictator, Rob, aren't you? You just gave away your secret. Yes, that's true. So I feel like I've been beaten up. And yet tech is up 14.8% this year. It's good to be the king. Now, there's something called beta, and beta basically means how volatile it is compared to the market. High beta stocks, such as tech, are more volatile than the overall market, right? They're vulnerable to running out of steam at times, and the rallies could come out of nowhere. One company that I think can rally, because again, it just becomes more and more clear as the years go on, Netflix can raise prices, and people aren't going to bat an eye. If you were to say, at all your, your television choices, how much do you get for how much do you pay? Netflix has to be way up there. It's way up there. The high is a kite. The way up there. Um, we're in an uh, economic cycle now, where growth-oriented companies tend to pull back from investing heavily in their business as we're probably cruising towards some sort of recession at some sort of time. In large part, the fiscal stimulus, the government stimulus, has its effect. Now, the the Federal Reserve has had a stimulus on the U.S. economy with lower interest rates, but they started to raise them. They took away a little bit of stimulus. The U.S. government cut taxes to kind of give you a little bit, but year over year, that kind of fades away. Some states got better tax cuts than others, right? Is he right? So typically right about now, the, the tech companies start saying, you know what, we need to be mindful that things aren't popping out there. Now, again, you never want to leave business on the table. That's even worse sometimes, right? So sometimes you overinvest too long, and then suddenly like, oh boy, I got a lot of punch, and everyone left the party. What do I do with all this punch? And you throw it down the drain. So there's been a lot of government officials, i.e. members of Congress, who have been talking about you know, different rule changes on how companies can repurchase stock to meet minimum requirements for employee benefits and uh, raising the tax rate on capital gains. People like Marco Rubio, Bernie Sanders, Chuck Schumer. Can I call them chuckles? Because Chuck Schumer is kind of a dull and boring, bland name. Can we call him chuckles? And then we'll be done with it and he'll be a happy-go-lucky kind of congressman. So I, I would refer to companies like MasterCard, PayPal, Apple, Genpak, Microsoft as, you know, kind of blue chip kind of names in the world of tech and maybe even overweight kind of names. Now, again, 
nothing is as, as clear cut as you want it to be. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever, ever mentioned on this show. Home Depot shares have fallen after missing earnings and expectations of slowing sales in 2019. I once heard a comedian make a joke about Home Depot, and I can't even retell it anymore because it's politically incorrect. Isn't that crazy? Like, what once I could do three, four, five years ago, you can't do now. Think about what we did 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? Home Depot's quarterly earnings and sales came up, Mike Tyson. Home Depot's quarterly earnings and sales came up short of analyst expectations. Um, Now, Home Depot is kind of a poor man's way of playing housing, right? National housing, right? But we've already seen some reports today that national housing has pulled back a bit. Home sales are under pressure. We're selling fewer. Prices are under pressure. We're not selling for as much on a pop-up side where people feel wealthy. you got fewer people buying um, homes or shopping for homes. So, and home materials. I've got some projects that I want to do that I'm putting off till spring. Do you see what happens there? Putting off till spring. Putting off till spring. And Home Depot's like, Rob, we need you to come in now. It's not spring. It's wet weather. Wet weather delays projects, I tell them. And I hang up the phone. I'm like, stop calling me, Home Depot. It's inappropriate. But the company still did make $2.3 billion in the recent quarter. Oh, boy. And Arthur Blank from the, he owns the Atlanta Falcons, who also owns Home Depot. He just bought a boat that costs over $200 million. Like, why? Seriously, like, you can you can feed everyone in Ethiopia for like five years for that. Or you could have hot fashion models scantily clad on your boat as you party out in the, the ocean. Well, okay, I guess I screw people feeding people in Ethiopia. You know, right? I, I get it now. I get why Arthur Blank, who's over 70 years old, has to have a boat. I get it. I once was talking to an analyst from Barron's. He was, uh, I think it was Jesse Eisenberg, I think. I think he was the uh, head editor. And this is on TV. And I didn't know the guy screamed. I had watched the TV program a couple times, but I'd never seen him on. And when he comes on, he got, he asked me for my stock picks. And, uh, well, before he asked me for the stock picks, well, he asked me for the stock pick, and I knew it was coming because he had already done it earlier in the interview. So part of the interview, he goes, um, we're talking about the CEO of CBS. And, uh, uh, oh, no, no, Rupert Murdoch from uh, Fox. He goes, he knows sales models better than he knows business models. I'm like, okay, that's, that's cute. Okay, okay, that's cute. I got it. He knows sales models better than he knows business models. So that, that's when he asked me for a stock tip, and I said, you know, P.F. Chang's. And he goes, there's no shortage of Chinese restaurants in the United States. And he was totally right. It was a stupid stock pick, except for that it wasn't. Because P.F. Chang stands for Paul Fleming's, and it's not a Chinese restaurant. It's kind of an American steakhouse um, impersonating a fast food Chinese restaurant. And because it had that kind of bastardization of a business model, it did very, very well for three or four years. Anyway, where do we go from here now that all of our children have grown up? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money, show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Best thing you can do is start sooner rather than later. Take advantage of 401ks, 403bs, 457k, uh, 457s. Start 
sooner rather than later and uh, increase your amount that you're saving each and every month and we'll figure out the choices together a good place to start is the overall market talking about the overall market on a regular basis with me is the one the only patrick o'hare from briefing.com how are you mr o'hare hey good morning rob it's good to be back with you i'm doing okay yeah um let's talk these current markets um i can't figure out how to start market commentary it seems like on an everyday basis is trump liking china or is china not liking trump or is china liking trump it feels like this is a tough market for me to get a day-by-day vibe on, but longer term, it feels kind of like a weak bull market. Where do you approach that kind of – how would you respond to that in a bar if I were to throw that at you? Right. Well, I'd respond, I think, in saying that you know, no one person is wise enough to really uh, interpret uh, the market, but okay. but it's the market itself that you uh, – that you listen to and and what the message of the market is right now is it's certainly buying into the idea that it likes uh, what is likely to unfold with U.S. China trade negotiations and and it likes uh, you know a path that can go one of two ways. It's been responding to the idea that either there is going to be a real trade deal that gets done, uh, which addresses those structural issues that. Uh, have been at the heart of the trade deal, or the other path is simply that uh, some deal will be worked out that um, uh, averts a worst-case scenario from unfolding, that being the imposition of uh, higher tariff rates uh, for imported Chinese goods that then get, you know, where you then see a retaliation. And so, um, you know, so the market has been trading up, you know, throughout this early part of 2019 on this notion that you're going to get some type of positive trade resolution, but it's been, um, you know, that positive outlook has been uh, supplemented, of course, by uh, the market's really uh, very strong reaction to the understanding that the Fed is backing out of the picture for the time being. And uh, have you seen a uh, you know drop in market rates, and that's helped kind of fuel this uh, resurrection of the bull market here in 2019. All good content what do you think we're looking for um as we kind of come out of the first quarter of 2019 um we're not quite done you know we still have march to go but there seems to be a little bit of weakness in housing prices a little bit of weakness in confidence not confidence confidence was up a little bit but there seems to be a little bit of um i'd say reality of of things are a little bit slower psychologically but that may not even last for – I'll just keep my mouth shut and, and see where you take this. Well, I, you know, I think what the market is, is looking for coming out of the first quarter is, is, is what – is kind of what, really what the Federal Reserve is looking for. <clears throat> you know, they're looking for data that, um, you know, substantiates a, a more positive outlook. You know, the Fed, uh, while it's uh, saying it will remain patient and that, you know, downside risks have increased – the Fed isn't necessarily backing away from its uh, view that the U.S. economy is going to evolve in a favorable manner such that they can raise interest rates again before the end of the year. And um, so so I think what the market is, is going to be looking for out of the first quarter that has been, you know, uh, fueled in large part by a very strong psychological bias, you know, that things are going to be okay. Uh, we now see, need to see that validated in the actual data. And, um, you know, What's interesting right now is, is that you know I think today is a bit of a microcosm of, of sort of how the market has has behaved um, you know more psychologically in, in many respects throughout the, the the first quarter because you know you had a uh, housing starts report for December 
that was really not good at all, right? And and this data is what is called hard data, right? It's actual data. Uh, whereas, uh, and when that report came out, you saw the futures market sort of deteriorate further this morning, right? Uh, then you saw the consumer confidence number uh, really surprise on the upside. Now, this confidence number is what's known as soft data. In other words, it's just generated by people's feelings about things, uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, quantifiable um, uh, economic output or anything uh, like that. And yet the market, when it got that number, turned around and rebounded. So uh, so it kind of gave the sense that, you know, the market is is still clinging, to, you know, somewhat desperately, if you will, to, to this notion that everything is going to be okay. Um, and so I think we're it will then have to start seeing that view validated here in the, you know as we move into the um, into the second quarter with hard data that actually substantiates the idea that the U.S. economy is going to evade the issues that are starting to creep in from foreign shores as opposed to being pulled down by them. All good and interesting topics. Let's try to go a little bit more light if we can. Um, I'm always shocked to see Elon Musk in the news. Actually, I guess I'm not shocked, right? But one of, the, one of the things he did was he doesn't like the SEC and he fights the SEC. And I don't know, that's, that seems as an investor that I'm not an investor in Tesla, but as an investor, that would scare me away. Is like, I'd rather him talk about great things his car does than how stupid the SEC is for you know, monitoring his tweets. But also, I don't like a guy tweeting randomly because I want the information consistent. And I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on, on the mess that Elon Musk has created for himself in the last couple of years? Well, you know, when we both kind of chuckled at the idea that it's not a surprise that he's doing this, I think that that right. uh, also fits with the notion, you know, where you look where the stock has, you know, recovered to and, and what the market knows about this individual. You know, he's he's a renegade in, some, in many respects and, uh, and also touted as a visionary. Um, so there's a lot of people who kind of love this approach uh, to uh, this somewhat combative approach, uh, and it certainly hasn't... Um, uh, undercut the stock to any lasting degree. And so there's still a lot of faith in the idea that Tesla as a company is going to really, you know, set the bar and, 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 and um, you know, and live up to a lot of the expectations and promises that are embedded in that, you know, highly valued stock. So, um, you know, it becomes, it's interesting theater, of course, um, but, you know, until you see, uh, I think the, the stock price, you know, um, Either, either you know, tank with with financials, or or you know, at the same time, you know, rise with an improving financial picture. Um, you know, the market is, is sort of going to kind of, I think, divorce itself from some of these tweets we're getting from Mr. Musk, and, and just you know, remain focused on on whether the company is living up to. Um, to the promises and expectations of what uh, he and others are, are you know subscribing to right now. All good stuff as far as uh, commentary goes. It's interesting to watch Tesla because I'm it's, the company's like ten miles from me, so I kind of get that bird's eye view, um, which I don't think helps or hurts my opinion. Um, other than to say that like um, Teslas are like the Palo Alto Prius, they've become a little bit too standard out here. I mean, how about in Chicago? Are Teslas a thing there, or is it just too cold? No, it's not too cold. I think it kind of probably, you know, 
depends on the neighborhood you're driving through, uh, where you you know see you know lots of Teslas or not many at all. But um, I I would say probably proportionally, you guys uh, have um, you know just about every other market outnumbered <laughs> in terms of Teslas that might be driving around. It's pretty ludicrous, all things considered. Um, changing topics to Home Depot, we saw in your page one column at briefing dot com this morning about the weak earnings guidance. Is that a housing market flag? Is that just a company-specific thing, do you think? Um, without doing a lot of research on the company individually, do you, have a, do you have a feel for it? You know what? I think it's just prudent financial management, frankly. Uh, you know, Home Depot has great management, and I think that they want to, you know, uh, maintain a more conservative line and, you know, kind of that, you know, set expectations on the lower side and then, you know, leap above them when the, when the actual numbers come out. But, you know, uh, um, you're right, I don't follow Home Depot specifically, um, but they did, you know, make an important point on their conference call, really, is, is that, uh, you know, there's, I think, over, over uh, 40% or so of, of homes are more than, you know, 30 years old, and, um, you know, and, and they're going to, you know, certainly need a lot of upgrading, and, and that benefits companies certainly like Home Depot, and so, um you know, and I think they're still forecasting same store sales growth in the neighborhood of five percent. So, you know, so that's still pretty darn good. And, and, and you know, I think what you have here is a, you know a knee jerk reaction to a number that you know fell below what headline expectations were. But um, you know, there's there are signs of a slowdown in the housing market, um, but. You know, and when you're not turning over homes, or you know, uh, and, and people are staying in their homes longer, then uh, the default tends to be to find ways to improve those homes. And, and again, that you know fits into the strength of a company like Home Depot. So, not overly alarmed by what we heard out of them this morning, especially knowing that they were up against tough comparisons, and, uh, and you know, and knowing that uh, you still do have a pretty good labor market. You know, rising wages, low interest rates. You know, and it's still those are all stabilizing factors, at least for for the housing market, even if it might not be growing um, by leaps and bounds. Thanks very much. We have less than a minute, so I'll just give you a nice plug and let you go do your work. Thanks again. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. You can find him at Briefing.com. He does an article to start the day called Page One, but I don't really want to just talk about him. I want to tell say the whole website's pretty fantastic. Um, they've got live and play, breaking news of the day. Anytime a company reports earnings, they, they follow up with the data points from the earnings call plus the analyst uh, upgrades or downgrades the next day. Um, they talk about bonds, which don't really interest me and would be a horrible radio show. They give market summaries. They give earnings calendars. A lot going on at briefing.com. You can find out more by going to briefing.com. You can learn more about me by going to robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. The more the debt, the less the party. The party doesn't look all that great for Miley Cyrus and the younger generation. Debt amongst 19 to 29-year-old Americans exceeded $1 trillion at the end of last year. And then that Miley Cyrus song, It's My Party and We Can Do What We Want. Or, It's Our Party and We Can Say What We Want. It's kind of annoying, yes, but it's also an indictment on the truth. It's not pretty out there. That can play a role in how you spend your life and how you go on vacations. I have a friend that works basically every day of his life. And uh, his wife stays at home, and you can't do that in the Bay Area. 
or you have no vacation. Like, he can't even go to nap or, or Sonoma and have, like, a glass of wine. And that's one of the reasons, like, you spend so much money to live here is so that you can do that kind of stuff and go to the beach and go to Tahoe and, you know, six hours from L.A., which is far enough away that you could kind of enjoy it still. But debt's big. We reduce our party. We delay our marriages. We, we work off our educational debt. We maybe sometimes work two, three jobs. So policymakers realize this. Lower spending limits, you know, equals uh, lower growth. When you're servicing debt, and our country services debt, everyone, not, I'm not going to say everyone services debt, but you service the debt when you're supposed to. New mortgages aren't the problem. It's student loan debt for millennials. So it's all out there. I, not, nothing terribly shocking, but it's a negative down the road. Home prices in the U.S. cities rose by the least in four years. Um, that's not positive or negative to me because I look at the trend and it's been a pretty good three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years kind of thing. And you take it in that kind of perspective. Apple is going to be testing a sleep monitor. I know you're saying, please don't go there. Apple's testing a sleep monitor for a future version of a smartwatch. It's trying to get more and more into the health and fitness tracking market. And uh, they bought a company back in 2018 that was in it. And Fitbit has kind of done a lot of sleep stuff already. So you can kind of see where it's going. Um, but the heart AFib monitor, um, blood sugar monitors, I mean, what a holy grail that would be for a watch, right? America's fat, America's old. Old and fat typically equals diabetes. Elsewhere out there, um, pharmaceutical executives are offering senators ideas on how to lower drug costs, except for actually cutting prices. (laughs) And the big guys, when you see this, they're they're all publicly traded. AbbVie, AstraZeneca, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Johnson Johnson, Merck, Pfizer, Sanofi. They're all testifying right now to the Senate Finance Committee. And they're all saying, we'd like to lower prices, but we don't want to lower list prices. High drug prices have become a rare bipartisan issue, with lawmakers on both sides of the aisle demanding a change, because old people vote. Put it quite bluntly, young people don't, old people do. I know, I know, that's changing. But um, executives are championing their companies, and they say, you know, we save lives. And, you know... Patients benefit from what we give them. And they're saying it's not our fault. It's the middleman's fault. It's not the patient's fault. It's the middleman. Pharmacy benefits managers and discounts that they get from large deals from big pharmaceutical companies that they don't pass on to patients. They just you know, put it in their pocket. That's what they're saying. A lot of finger pointing. A lot of finger pointing. A lot of backstabbing in news. There's a lot of backstabbing and finger pointing. I'll cut your finger off if you point it at me. Now you're saying you grew up in a tough, tough, tough childhood, didn't you? Wasn't that tough. Um, but yeah, so there's a rebate system and both parties are kind of getting tired of the pharmaceutical industry saying, uh, we don't know what to do. Look over there. It's Elvis Presley. Look, look, look. Elsewhere, an appeals court upheld the decision allowing AT&T to buy Time Warner. We are getting close to Game of Thrones. And then that brings up the question of how many people cut cable? Does HBO have something that that's all that in a bucket of chicken past Game of Thrones? Is Westworld enough to keep you paying... 10 bucks, 12 bucks, 15 bucks a month when it doesn't come out for another, you know, year or whatever it is. What is the magical draw of HBO? Does it have a magical draw? Is it the anti-Netflix? Is that what you like? 
So that's all out there today. Okay. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The market's been trending well this year after a rough end of 2018. I like at the end of the year to look at my 401k and say, how does it feel? Now, last year, how does the balance feel? How does the chemistry feel? Last year, we had a bad end of 2018 where the monkey was hitting the master with a stick. And it felt wrong to do your rebalance in January after such a big whoosh down. So now that you've had a whoosh up, look at it. You don't have to do anything. Just look at it. Figure out if, if now is the time or not. Warren Buffett said on CNBC with Beth, Becky Quick, I would buy the S&P 500 in a second. He says, if you're looking for a 10-year time frame, he would do it in a second. I like that. Grandpa Warren, you're still the man. Call him Bitcoin and delusion. I love you. He's the best grandpa ever. The grandpa of the market, Warren Buffet. I could eat at his buffet all day long. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me at line at robblackshow.com. Big seminar coming up. Learn more at robblackshow.com and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.